In this episode, we're discussing Like Father, Like Daughter, episode 10 of season 5 of Lost Girl. And I want to apologize. I feel like we were a bit overly gripey in this discussion. I promised next week we're going to be wearing sunglasses because we'll be blinded from looking on the bright side. That's ridiculous. I hope you enjoy the discussion. <laughs> Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 112. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast way station for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. And in this episode, we are doing our long, in-depth discre- discretion discussion I can talk. Maybe we're doing a discretion, too. I don't know. <laughs> At our discretion, we are doing a discussion. <laughs> Thank you, Annie. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> totally. We are discussing Like Father, Like Daughter, episode 510 of Lost Girl. And Chris, you weren't around, sadly, for our, our shorter episode. But I thought we maybe would start start with you. Tell us what you thought of this episode, just generally. Well, I listened to the First Impressions episode, which was fun. It was fun to listen to you guys. But... I've got to say, I think I didn't dislike the episode as much as you guys did. Hmm. I had a lot of the same issues with it that you guys did. But, and it could have just be because of all the other crazy stuff I have going on. It, like, it was just, it was nice to watch mm-hmm. it, to get a few minutes and, you know, have fun with the episode. So that, that might be coloring my perspective a little. I don't know. I've had a crazy couple of weeks. And you could disagree with us, Chris. It's okay. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm, Stephanie just says it's okay anyway. But, <laughs> I'll unfriend you forever, but it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) You're kicked off the podcast, but it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Stephanie rules with an iron microphone. (laughs) She's just going to kick us both off someday. (laughs) Rule by herself. I am not really as mean as they make me out to be. (laughs) She's not. No. We we joke because we... But let's get down to business, shall we, since we've got Chris's thoughts. So last time we forgot to do a drink special because it was Dragon Con and we were tired. However, Chris was very nice and found us a drink special for this episode. What did you find for us, Chris? It's called a laser beam. (laughs) Appropriate. (laughs) So it's an ounce of Southern Comfort, a half ounce of Amaretto, half ounce of Slow Gin, and half ounce of Vodka. You mix the ingredients together and then garnish with, I guess, like an orange slice and a cherry or something. Oh, that sounds nice. So I guess let's start with the main storyline for this episode, which, frankly, I found a little confusing about the painting. Were y'all able to follow that any better than I did? I didn't even know that was the main storyline, but yeah, I guess that came into the main (laughs) storyline. Yeah, I didn't get it. Uh, I didn't understand how Z came back at the end. and Basically, the whole thing was a red herring. About what? (laughs) About getting rid of one of the ancients. So, Hades... Gave them the wrong song, or the licorice revealed the wrong song, or what? The licorice? The, remember they laid the ha- the licorice oh. over the painting to create the yeah. thing so they could figure out what the notes were? That was possibly the most surreal thing Annie has ever said, though. The licorice told them the wrong song. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say it was something dirty. I'm all, no, the licorice. Remember when they laid out the licorice? That was hardly the most that. surreal thing Annie said. I don't know. <laughs> No, it's not the weirdest thing I've ever said on this podcast. But so explain, Chris, because, yeah, I still don't. So the song was wrong or something. He changed the song. The whole mission was a lie. Yeah. But when did he change the song? That's a good question. Or was the wrong song always in the painting? No, the song, the information about the song was a lie. But I thought Z said at the end, way to change the song to whatever. Yeah. Oh, did she? I thought so. But it's like, it was the song correct in the painting, or did Hades give them the wrong information, or... Did the licorice lie to them? <laughs> the licorice lied to them. If they just moved one licorice up a quarter inch, it would have revealed the right song. Bo's candy was not telling the truth. <laughs> okay, so clearly we are we are crystal clear on the painting storyline. <laughs> Obviously crystal clear. Now I need to rewatch it, because I thought... Okay. I just, I don't I've know. I've watched it and I still don't get it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, no. Okay. <laughs> the whole thing about the song was a lie. Because, okay, remember how everything that happened in season four was also basically a big manipulation from Hades? 
Uh-huh. Yeah. This was too. <laughs> True. This was part of it. I don't know why he's going to all this elaborate, nonsensical stuff to get whatever it is that he wants to happen to happen, but he is, apparently. Because Hades says only a true siren singing the song will make the person vanish, but obviously it's not true. It made him vanish temporarily, but then Z showed up again and Exactly, said because he it was all a ruse so that he could get the painting. But where did the painting I thought Bo had the painting. I was wondering yeah, how, how Hades he ended get up the with the painting. Yeah, that part yeah. they haven't revealed. I don't know. Okay. I don't because know how suddenly that it's happened. just with him in the so called cell. And it was a ruse for Hades to get the gang to think, okay, they've gotten rid of Z, when they obviously haven't. Right. Well, because then, because it wasn't about that painting at all. It was about the painting that was underneath that. Yeah. Which was the Pyrapus painting. The Pyrapus. You mean the papaya the horse papaya, painting? The flaming papaya horse No, I mean Pyrapus. I, I think you mean papaya horse, but that's okay. I, I, I mean understand. papaya it's difficult horse, to pronounce, but I was... Chris. I was very happy to see Papaya Horse back again. Just so you could say Papaya Horse? Is that why Clearly. you're glad? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But then in that scene before that, H- Hades calls Z brother and says, I have plans. What does he say? I have plans for you. Or you said that Z's afraid of Hades, which is pretty scary. Yeah. Though I've decided to call him Jack because she calls him Jack and I much prefer to call him Jack than Hades. Why? Because Jack makes him sound oh so normal when he's not? Because I'm annoyed with, with, with what they're doing to H- Hades rep. What do you mean? Well, Hades isn't the devil, and they're treating him like the devil, and that bugs me. Hades gets a bad rap, generally, in pop culture, and, I'm, and it bugs me. Hey, he was a cute guy in the Hercules and Xenoverse, and was pretty okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounded like from the beginning, because this is how we get Kenzie back in the picture, is through this painting. So it sounds like some of Z's people broke into her castillo in Spain <laughs> and tied her up to try to get the painting. Is that what happened? Yeah, I think so. Okay, we are sounded so, like we are. Yeah, we are on top of this episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, somebody broke into her Castillo to get the painting so uh-huh. that Kenzie would go back to Bo and deliver this info so that they could get all this stuff to happen for some reason. <laughs> so complicated. Why is this episode so complicated? I don't understand. Well, we're really on top of this episode because it only has three thousand one hundred and sixty-four plot threads. It so. does. It's got a lot of plot threads. Yeah. But fine, whatever. I've just decided there's a podcast I listen to called Pop Culture Happy Hour. And Linda Holmes, who's the main kind of moderator for the panels, she has this saying about like superhero movies where she's just like, you really don't need to go through all this exposition. Just tell me there's a box and everybody wants the box and it's fine. We can go from there. So I've just decided to accept in this episode, there's a painting. Everybody wants the painting. Okay, fine. Everybody wants the box. Everybody wants Bo's box. Everybody wants Bo's tingle flower. Oh, God. Why? Why? Did I thought that was funny. I <sighs> laughed my ass off. That's a horrible euphemism, Kenzie. Horrible. Please don't ever say that what, again. As opposed to Wondersnatch or Wondersnatch whatever. Wondersnatch is you know, fantastic. The- <laughs> What's wrong with tingle flower? You s- <sighs> Chris. Come on, back me up here. It's not great, right? It's not. I, I actually had a moment where she, where I was like, did she say tingle flower? Did she, did, did she maybe say tingle flower? Okay, I might have been Instead the only one tingle, who's laughing. You guys can... Either way, yeah. it's not good. It's not good. It's kind of gross. Oh my god, what is... You guys are wussies. <laughs> they can't all be winners, Kenzie. Yeah, that it's was okay. not oh. one of your good ones. Not one of your good ones. Tinkle flower. I thought you said tingle See, that's flower. what I'm saying. I I wasn't sure. Either one, Whatever. I don't like. It sounded like Tinkle to me, which is even grosser. Okay. <laughs> How do you not know? Don't you watch with the subtitles on, Annie? Hmm? Well, 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 yes, I did for some of them. <laughs> I'll see what it says. Whether it was Tingle or Tinkle, but I thought it was funny. If we're going to talk about flowers, my favorite vagina euphemism that I've heard of recently was your Georgia O'Keefe. I really liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But getting back to this complicated painting plot, we also saw the reintroduction of Persephone, which I thought we would see again, but was not really expecting to see her here. Uh, I still don't know if we can trust her. Persephone is back in the picture, but I don't know if I've ever really liked her because she, you know, healed with Bo and didn't tell her she was her stepmom. And I don't know, she just, she seems to be working for Hades, presumably because Hades... Want a Persephone to get the painting first? Well, she tells Bo, and I don't think she was lying about this, but she was telling Bo that she was essentially, I don't know, owned by Hades, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
she's bound to him or something. Yeah. But my my point is, I don't know that that's, it's not something she has a choice about. So Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily distrust her. Know what I mean? Yeah. I just got really squeaky when Bo put her hands on her forearms and I'm like, oh, no, God, no, Bo, what are you doing? Don't get intimate with her again or make weird gestures towards her. It's just, no. I don't know. I just, I didn't care for her in this episode. Because she was so reluctant to help Bo, and I'm like, I don't trust her. Yeah, I don't know that the application of another character was necessary here. She did feel yeah. a little superfluous. Eh, that's fair, I guess. But we see her seemingly help Bo with Z, but then she says to her, you know, it's a trap. Yeah. And then that seemed like the worst planned out trap I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Sometimes the gang doesn't always have good traps or stuff always that goes awry. <laughs> well, but see, the the weird thing that I couldn't quite wrap my head around, because she tells Z that it's a trap. And at first I was kind of like, is she regretting that she yeah. tells her that it's tra- a trap? But then there was like further conversation that made it sound like, no, it's a trap and I'm still mad at you. And I'm yeah. like, what? what is the purpose of this? Con- I'm so confused about what's going on right now. Yeah, me yeah. Or what your motivations are. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, me, yeah, I was confused as well. And then what happened to Persephone in that whole confrontation? I don't know. I guess she just... She left? Left. <laughs> yeah. Did she leave? I don't remember. Again, I just remember back seeing... to Stephanie's point about her being maybe a little superfluous, because there yeah. was no... Yeah. Like, she just suddenly flies in, and then she just kind of flies back out, and nobody and notices. she's not there when Z gets vanished, is she? She just kind of leaves so. the scene. and Yeah, because it's just Bo, Lauren, and Kenzie, and... I think she, like, walks away when the others come in or something, because she is still mad at Z. I don't know. I'm still fuzzy on it. Yeah, me too. But I assume she'll have some role to play in the future then. I don't know. Since they didn't definitively get rid of her. But But I think I still have this question of, is Persephone an ally, or is she still working for Hades? Because she says that she she was tricked about the candle, etc., etc., but she could be lying and if Jack did, like, mess with the painting, manipulate the painting in some way, was she the one who helped him with that? Because she was hovering over the painting. So she's still not a character I particularly trust. Right. Maybe she's how Hades ended up with the – I'm sorry, Jack. How Jack ended up with the painting at the oh, end of the episode. Whatever. It's fine. I mean, I don't know. I felt it was kind of weird at the confrontation with Z when – you know, Heathcliff was about, he got zapped and Z was about to kill him. And, and Kenzie says to Bo, Oh, do something. I can't see him, you know, die. Not like hail, not again. And then Bo offers herself to go in Heathcliff's place. And then all of a sudden Kenzie's like, no, wait, what What are you kidding? You know? And I'm like, what was Kenzie expecting Bo to say? You know, I felt like Kenzie just kind of flipped back and forth during that scene. It was a little weird. And then Lauren goes to help Heathcliff and she's like, are you kidding, Lauren? And... But nobody knows what Lauren was about to do, so I don't know. It's just a weird, it's kind of a weird scene because nobody yeah. knew what everybody was doing, and it just, yeah. That, like I said, that was not a good trap plan. That was, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. And and, and then six our- people start walking towards her from the distance. <laughs> yeah, and and then yeah, which was a weird <laughs> shot for that to come up, you know, where they're all lined up like that. I said six. It was four. It was four. <laughs> yeah, still. But it's like if Lauren hadn't had her conduit powers. It's like it would they all they would have been screwed. Mm-hmm. So Well here's the question, like if they were planning that trap, why was Lauren even there? <laughs> yeah. To have a Medicon scene? I thought that because Anna, you mentioned this in our short episode. I too thought that Bo might know about Lauren's conduit abilities when she told him, yeah. Oh, go tend to Heathcliff. I thought she knew what Lauren was going to do. Because I certainly yeah. when they were like, Oh, our siren is disabled, we need a siren, I was like, Oh, Lauren's gonna, you know, touch Heathcliff and use his powers. So I was surprised that Bo didn't seem to know what was going to happen. Well, yeah, I thought so the what line was their having Bo tell Lauren to go, that didn't make any sense. Lauren should just say, I'm going to go make yeah, sure he's okay. Me too. That would have made more sense. Yeah, because then she would know, like, oh, I can channel his abilities probably and save us all. Because I don't think Bo would actually say, Lauren, please go stand next yeah. to my mortal enemy who has lightning <laughs> yeah. powers. And you're you're only human as far as we know. Yeah, I thought actually there was a cut, actually, and I thought before the scene cut that Lauren was just going to reach out and touch Heathcliff and solve the problem. But that didn't happen. 
Yeah, it was a very odd scene. I, again, what would their plan have been had Lauren not done what she done? What done what she had done? It just, it was not a very good plan. No, it was not a well <laughs> well thought out plan. I, Kenzie was rusty. We'll blame it on that. Kenzie's been gone. She was rusty mm-hmm. on her planning. Maybe Benzie was a little rusty getting back into the groove of things. There we go. Too much time in her Castillo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too too many sangrias. Yeah. I just don't want too many superfluous characters to take away from the screen dime of our main characters and the docubus sex that hasn't happened yet. It's a little frustrating. Well, I, I hesitate to say who is and is not superfluous just because we don't know. I mean, in terms of like extra characters, because this is a conversation I hear or a topic that I hear come up a lot was, yeah. you know, too much time with extra characters. But there are always extra characters just because you need somebody <laughs> to move the story along. Yeah, it's just that there was too much story for this episode. That was our, I mean, again, I didn't dis, I mean, I rewatched the episode and I didn't dis, I never disliked the episode. There's just too much going on for me to figure out and to process that I think should have been split up a little bit in between episodes. Yeah, I'd say there was a little too much happening that wasn't really clear enough. Mm -hmm. Again, like, how does Hades end up with the painting at the end of the episode? And yeah, why did that happen? (laughs) What's, Anyway. And we also had several pretty important storylines going on all at once because we had Kenzie coming back, giving time, enough time for that, for Bo and Kenzie to have some quality time together. And then there was the revelation about Lauren and her abilities, as well as Dyson dealing with Alicia, learning about the Fae, et cetera, et cetera. Like, those are three really important things that were happening Mm -hmm. all at once. And I just don't think there was quite enough room for all of them here. Yeah, see, those are the important points that I think should have been spread out more in between episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the Alicia revelation they could have doled out over a couple of episodes rather than cramming all of it into just this one. Mm -hmm. I will say the episode starting off with that scene of Bowen Dyson like super casually sitting in a car on a stakeout. (laughs) That was a little bit jarring, given the way the previous episode ended. It was really jarring for me. Yeah, I was really frustrated by that, honestly. I know Because I'm like, that's all people were looking forward to, at least people like me with the document sex people. But, you know, it just... <laughs> I love it was how such you renamed cliff- them, not like the docubus people, but the docubus sex people. <laughs> okay, yeah. I've renamed our, our little tribe. But but it was just, it was such a cliffhanger where, as we pointed out in our earlier episode, it would have been a great place to leave the cliffhanger between the two parts of the season. And to not have it pick up right away, and then to have it pick up, and suddenly Dyson knows about Lauren getting hit by the truck, and yet Lauren and Bo don't quite know what happened, and we don't see Lauren healing, or what if somebody else saw them get, you know, someone gets hit by a truck and is in the middle of the street, and suddenly they're fine, wouldn't there have been witnesses? You know, it just, the whole scene just cut off and jumped to another scene, and again, I found it very jarring and uh, not a satisfactory way to wrap up that cliffhanger from the last episode. Yeah, and I feel like that might have been a sacrifice they made to all the story going on in this episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm with you. I don't love that choice. Because especially if they were going to have them not realize what had happened, like that would have been a great way to begin the episode, you know, come back mid cheese suck, whatever, or back us up a few, you know, like a minute as they probably would have. And then, you know, blah, 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 cheese suck, Lauren's healed. And we could see in that moment that they weren't sure what had happened. Like they could make clear that both thought she had healed Lauren and Lauren was kind of like, is that what happened? You know, they could have done that very easily just picking up where they'd left off rather than having the dialogue yeah. explaining that later. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Show they had to tell, tell us instead of show us. Yeah. I also thought it was really strange that when Lauren tried to bring it up with Bo on the phone, Bo basically tried to shut her down talking about it. Like, oh, it was no big deal. You don't have to say anything. Like, no, no, no. We want you to say something. This is yeah, interesting. <laughs> you have to process. And I thought that was out of character for Bo. And I just thought that was her brushing her off. And I, yeah, I didn't like that. Maybe it's not so much and, brushing off as like, I can't, like, I can't talk about that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm in the middle of, of doing another thing to, you know, as long as you're okay. <laughs> and I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, showing it would have been. A lot, lot better. And the thing is, is that, yeah, we're not really clear until later with her conversation with Jack slash Hades that Lauren didn't intend to have, 
you know, even she didn't know what was going on because right. she didn't know that she would have these powers of being a conduit or at first thinking she was a succubus. Right. And then being a conduit, you know, that would have been made more clear had we been shown that scene, had it picked up right after the last episode. And that she was in- originally intending to extend her life into Fey terms, not necessarily turn Fey. So that question was answered with what she was trying to do with her research. And I did like that writing choice. I like that they didn't just make it a black or white, Lauren wants to be Faye, Lauren wants to be human. But she ended up with this kind of in-between thing accidentally. So I, I did like that choice rather than just have her trying to become Faye. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, did Jack know when he gave her that crucial piece of the research, which he references? He didn't know, it seems like, from their conversation, that it would have the intended effect. Because he says, my God, Lauren, you're more powerful than all of us. You know, But can we trust him? That's true. Did, you know, did he know what that piece of research would do to Lauren? Is he tricking her or, yeah. And then it seems like Lauren, at the end with her conversation with Bo, but she, she wants these powers. She wants it because she, you know, says, isn't this a good thing? Aren't you happy for us? And I don't know if that was, you know, Lauren says, I can do anything to Jack. And I don't know if that's like kind of like a side effect now that Lauren has these powers and she's realizing what she is. If that's kind of like a side effect of her being oppressed by the Fae for so long, now that she has this position of power, if it's her being, you know, it could be dangerous if, you know, power could corrupt her and she could get a little power hungry, or if she's just happy that she has powers and this extended life so that she can be with Bo. You know what I mean? Which is it? It might be a little bit of both. I don't know. I'm just worried about the whole Lauren thing, because I think it's going to be temporary. Chris, what did you think of how the Lauren stuff was handled in this episode? I don't know. I it's, it's it, there's that conversation at the end with Bo, and I'm just kind of like I I'm with Bo because mm-hmm. I am too. Bo's like I'm I'm supportive of your decision, but I'm still concerned. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I'm concerned about, Bo asks, or Lauren says, "Oh, sh- I've been examined." Bo says, "By who?" And Lauren says, "It doesn't matter." It does matter, like, Lauren. Don't, it does matter, and the fact that. Jack asked if she could examine her, and she says no, but then later she's talking to him about it. I'm like, ew, was Jack the one who examined Lauren? I just, that makes my skin crawl. And given her response to Bo that it doesn't matter, I'm going to say it was. Yeah. yeah. Which and I'm like, it Shit. seems like a bad idea, doesn't it? It, it is. I mean, it's, it's bad Hades slash they're treating him like the devil, but he's really Hades. I don't know. Whatever you want to say. <laughs> Stephanie. But it's just a bad idea. And I just keep thinking that the powers are going to be temporary and Lauren's going to die prematurely like the next episode and I'm going to be shattered. <laughs> I just, I'm preparing for the worst. That's okay? not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I know, happen. but it's going to happen in the last episode and I'm just, oh, <sighs> it's going to be this freaking bittersweet ending of Stephanie Beaver. I'm going to keep repeating that too. I don't think they're going <sighs> to kill Lauren. And I wish <sighs> everybody would stop saying that. I know. I, I Okay, logically, I know, but I'm just still freaking out. If they killed Lauren Amy, my freak that out. would not be a bittersweet ending. That would be a bitter ending. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> bittersweet is they get to be together, but they know that Lauren isn't going to live as long as Bo, probably. Like, that's bittersweet. <sighs> well, it's probably going to be that way with the way the writing is going. I don't know. I just, I'm worried. Clearly. So great. I get to spend the rest of the season worrying. Frack. <sighs> I'd say something about, well, at least there aren't that many episodes left, but that makes me sad, so. Yeah, it does. I know. It does. But is Lauren Faye being a conduit, or is she a new type of Faye, or? She seems to be something in between. That's what they said, yeah. When did they say there's she's something in between? Doesn't Jack say that? I think so. Well, actually, oh no, Lauren says it because she goes, yeah, doesn't Bo ask, are you Faye, or whatever, and Lauren's like, I'm not sure, in that conversation between Bo and Lauren. I think so. A lot happened in this episode, Annie. A lot happened. <laughs> I've watched yeah. it twice and I'm still not sure where all the information lay. Okay, let's move on so I can stop being so worried and talk about something happier. Well, we're talking about Lauren. <laughs> that doesn't make you happy. <laughs> well, the possibility of Lauren's powers going away and her having a bittersweet ending where she's dead. Bitter. That, that would just be bitter. That would just be bitter. Okay, what a, just let's yeah. But hang on, Annie, you've been talking you've been talking a lot and I'm trying to get Chris's take on, on this Sorry. Because I think Chris and I we were not particularly thrilled with the the end or the possibility of the ending from last episode, but we were both kind of like, "Well, wait and see. How do you feel about this the way that they've dealt with it in this episode, Chris?" Overall, I'm still not thrilled with it, but this is at least not the worst way they could have gone. 
That's not terribly True. optimistic, is it? But I was more heartened by this turn of events than you were. I I liked this pretty well. Like, if they're going to have Lauren have powers, this is one of the better options for right, them. Right, right. No, I mean, that, that's my, fair. For me. I'll say that, yeah. If if they were going to do this, which clearly at the end of last episode they were. Right. Yeah, this is, I guess, a good way, possibly, potentially. I always hesitate to say just because I don't know where they're going from here. But right. it just... It just means they're going to take him away again. <sighs> and that's okay, too. Yeah, I would love for them to take them away, actually. <laughs> Great. Is there anything else you wanted to say, Chris? I don't know. Okay. I think you guys just want to revel in my misery. And he's just going to grump over anything I say she anyway. She is. She's going to grump ever- over sorry. anything Chris says. <laughs> no, it's just the Lauren part I'm grumping over. Okay. I, I love Lauren, too, Annie, but... <sighs> You're you're not as freaked out as me. That's good. I'm really team not. Human. I want team human. So going back to Kenzie, will Kenzie make you happy, Annie? Yes, Kenzie will always make me happy. Okay. Great to see you, Kenzie. Please don't use the phrase tinkle slash tingle flower ever again. That made me happy. But it was great to see you. But I was kind of like, how, how can they just bring her back for one episode and take her away again? I know! That was so rude! I was afraid they were going to do this, so I had mentally I, braced myself for it. I was unprepared for that, but I was... I don't know, I thought that was a bit of lazy writing, in my opinion, where uh, Bo's like, you know, you shouldn't be here because Hades is here, and it's too dangerous. And I'm like, that sounds like season one, Bo. Like, I have to protect you and everything. And I'm like... Kenzie just died for you. She'd do anything for you. Wouldn't it be more like, okay, I need all the resources I can get. I need my friends. I need my crew around but me. But don't you think the fact that she did she just, just buy for yeah. that, that she did just die for <sighs> Bo, true. don't you think that might be affecting Bo's perspective on it too? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But it's just the only thing in my head was the writers are screaming for an excuse because Ksenia has to get back to the Orphan Black and turn sets. So we have to write this little thing in. And it's just. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, didn't I like wish that they had brought her back and then taken her away again. I would have rather have waited until we could have gotten her for a couple episodes in a row rather than, hey, she's back. Now she's going. But that's that's my personal preference. I thought that Me was Me too, rude. but I mean, this is what they usually do. I know I always mention. I, did, I the, didn't know it's what they usually did. Well, I always mention the last episode or the last season the or next to last season of X-Files because – yeah, that's what they did. They had David Duchovny wanted to go do other stuff for a while, but didn't want to fully leave X Files. So mm-hmm. nothing will be as bad as that. And and there were all the X Files fans who only were like, "I'm only going to watch episodes with David Duchovny," and so they thought that season was terrible because the episodes he was in, because they had to work him in somehow. Those were the terrible episodes. <laughs> Yeah, it was nice to get a couple of, we got some really nice Benzie moments. I liked when she was at the clubhouse and they were doing the whole Kenzie gets catched, caught up thing. And then, but then she gets really serious with Bones, like, seriously, are you okay? And Bo's like, I know. once I know you're okay, I'll be better. It's like, oh, oh, oh. And then when they said goodbye at the end and they had Kenzie speak Russian, if they're going to have her come back, at least she oh. spoke Russian, right? <laughs> so sexy. At least she spoke Russian and at least she got to play a you know one of her cons so. yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it was a kenzie. it was a decent use of kenzie if they're gonna only have yes. her for an episode at, but, at but least there was I that went, i wanted more bo kenzie stuff because even though they were working the museum caper together there were several times where they were by themselves like when mm-hmm, bo went mm-hmm. to the laser room and when kenzie was the the guide i'm just like no more bo kenzie together yeah which makes me wonder if they maybe had to film some of ksenia's scenes later on I don't know. Maybe mm, it would have been conspiratorial, but maybe she couldn't do all of it, you know, when they were filming this episode to begin with, and she had to do pickup scenes later. Mm-hmm. Possible. But I did love her being the museum guide. <laughs> and this, this painting from Stev Stephenson or something. <laughs> Just, and mm. she looks sexy in glasses. I'm going to say it. She looks yeah. really sexy in glasses. <laughs> Somebody wrote like a Tumblr thing. And Kenzie has borrowed Cosima's glasses. I was going to say, can Shay get some glasses? Because yummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was having this weird moment where it's like, it's like Shay and Kenzie have, have somehow, or like maybe Kenzie's style has been slightly influenced by Shay or something. I know. Mm-hmm. Slash Cosima. Yeah, what did you guys think of Kenzie's clothes in this episode? It was just all such a different. It was a know. very different look. Yeah. It's like, I what's with the light colors? It was weird to see her without bangs and in such light colors. It was very strange. Mm-hmm. 
and it was a very slay slay <laughs> what shay <laughs> oh how much have you had to drink uh, my god well, what's in I'm, that it's almost gone so 90 <laughs> percent vodka 10 you, you know it's trouble when she says well <laughs> lead it to how much she's had to drink <laughs> and now she's just sitting there giggling yep Shay slash Kazima clothing. That was I. I could see Kazima wearing her outfits this episode too. Mm, mm-hmm. mm. I especially liked the outfit she was in in the limo and that and that reveal. That was very sexy. Wait, is Kenzie Kazima and Shay's love child? <laughs> maybe, maybe that would explain. Uh, somebody a lot, make that actually. gift set. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody will now. <laughs> But I love her thing about the curtains. Shears. I mean, shears. I know. It was actually kind of nice to see, like, okay, Bo is trying to fix up the clubhouse a little bit. I don't know if she's ever finished the painting job, though. <laughs> Not with that tiny, tiny roller. <laughs> I know. She's still working on it with the tiny, tiny roller. <laughs> but I love how Kenzie was, like, kind of hugging the post when she's like, hi, to Mark. Not the high to mark yeah. that. I, think that, I thought that was gross. And I'm like, no. Okay, but I had a question, though. When Dyson says, like, no to them, do you think he was doing it because he was being protective of Kenzie, protective of Mark? Was it both? Was he just like, this is too weird? Yeah, I think he thought it was just too weird. Yeah. And we all went, Probably Ew. that. I'm all, no, Kenzie, no. no, no, no Though no, he no. did direct it to Mark at first, so I wonder if it's like, you yeah. stay away from her. Yeah, he, she is like my little sister. You stay away from her. Plus, we know that, that Dyson used to be... A bit of a rogue. Yes, so maybe he sees a little bit of that in, in Mark and is just like, no. <laughs> you treat her nice. Stay mm-hmm. away. Not to mention the beginning of the fourth season when Dyson and Kenzie had their thing, even if they were oh, under yeah. a whammy. But, and that they've had that whole weird history. So, But you yeah. would think that that would make Kenzie go, to mack it on Dyson's yeah. son as yeah. well. Yeah. But I feel like when it, it, they did a lot of, oh, and Kenzie needs to get caught up on stuff that's been happening. You know, we only saw Tamsin for a, a, like a second in this episode. And the whole awkwardness between Tamsin and Bo was was brought to the for- forefront, which made me happy. Because I forgot to mention this when we were talking about the last episode. But in 509, we actually don't see Bo and Tamsin interact at all. And mm-hmm. so it, in my head, I was still wondering how Tamsin was feeling toward Bo after everything that went down between the two of them and here comes right. the night, etc. Mm-hmm. And so I was glad to see here, actually, that there's still, it's still not okay between the two of them. But that just made me go, Kenzie, you have to stick around and fix this thing between <laughs> Bo and Tamsin. They're acting like idiots. <laughs> I actually had a moment where I got very excited because it's like, wait, Bo and Tamsin are in the same scene. Like, are, are things maybe calming down slightly? And then by the end of the scene, no. No, they're not. Oh, it's just going to mean more awkward docubus-valcubus interactions, and I don't like that. Well, Tamsin was nice toward Lauren in the last episode. Yeah, but you never know. I just, ugh. I don't want valcubus interrupting docubus. Me, personally, I'm glad that they didn't just sweep it under the rug, because that was really heartbreaking, the way that yeah, Tamsin reacted was. to what happened with Bo. I would feel cheated if suddenly Tamsin was just okay with everything, personally. Although I have yeah, to say, no, I get it. I'm kind of glad that they're treating it, or at least what we've seen so far. It seems like Tamsin's okay with Lauren, but is still mm-hmm. mad at Bo. Right. And can I just say, yeah. I'm kind of glad about it. Yeah, that's just because that's because so often it's like the other person who really had nothing to do with, you know, the person who feels wronged will get mad at the person who inadvertently came between the two people. If right. there's, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I explained that poorly, but it's fine. Yeah, but I, 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 I agree though. Mean. It's it's all of this environment of competition between women mm-hmm. that's often present in television and movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm obviously this is a little bit different because it's all women in this triangle. But right. oftentimes it's two women and one guy, and we see the the woman go after the other woman, even though the other woman might have no knowledge of the previous relationship or right. is just an innocent bystander. I always get so frustrated with that. I'm like, get get mad at the right person. <laughs> yes, exactly. This person had nothing to do with wronging you. Yeah. Not not as far as they know. Yeah. Anyway. So, so I was glad to see last episode that Tamsin seemed to be cordial, civil, friendly, you know, have at least a working relationship with Lauren. I'm hoping that holds out. She did get catty with her earlier in the season, unexpectedly. So hopefully that we don't take another turn toward that here. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because it seemed like they were okay. And then the next episode, they suddenly weren't again. So Yeah. Yeah. That would, it might not hold. That's not cool. <sighs> So you much know, hopefully Bo handles it without. Well, I'm just hoping that Bo handles it without being a kind of an idiot again and not 
you know, the way she handled that whole conversation with Tamsin at the end of Here Comes the Night. So, yeah, she did poorly handled. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I did think that was a funny line from Kenzie about which side of the triangle are we doing? <laughs> you know, what did she call him? I, D man or an, an L bomb, I think is what she L-bomb. called him. I like that yeah. she called her L bomb. I mean, that was a, that was a great line, but then I did feel sorry for Tamsin when yeah. you saw kind of hurt she was by that but still it's like i just i hate these confrontations when they come off as awkward and you know what if Bo handles her conver- next conversation with tamsin awkwardly again and with lauren and i just uh i'm just dreading that in the next episode but it was great to have kenzie back if just for an episode and there's a lot of great kenzie stuff in there and at least we got good hugs in we got hugs. Yes. We got some decent Benzie stuff. Come back, Kenzie. Come back. Because she's coming back. Please right? come back. She's going to be yes. here for the end of the season. Hopefully I can't imagine. Hopefully for more than be. one episode. Like, I'd like her to be like at least two more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Chris? I mean, I, I don't know. But if she's not in the last episode, I'm calling nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a thing I no, do. I'm thinking she will be, but I'm hoping it's not just like the last episode. But I'm like, I don't know. I would hope it was at least it's at least the last few, but yeah, yeah. two or more. I There's mean, only I don't six know. But left. I think it'll be at least the last two. I'm hoping we'll get more like six, but we'll, we'll see. see. <sighs> so I think the last big plot thread in this one was all the stuff happening between Dyson and Alicia. So I'll just start this part of our conversation by saying, "Shut up, Mark." Exactly. Mark's such a dingus. He is a dingus. The thing is, okay. To be fair to Mark, I do think that. Alicia deserved to know the truth. Like, at this point, it was just getting ridiculous that Dyson was trying to keep everything from her. So I do think that she deserved to know the truth. But the fact that he first kind of, like, played along with trying to keep their secret and then later was just like, no, I'm grieving about Iris. I'm going to tell you the truth. That would That's what made me go, oh, shut up. Just Mm -hmm. be upfront in the beginning if that's what you feel like is best. Well, it's not even that. It's just... He's telling her the truth based on, again, which I mentioned last episode, a relationship that I'm not invested in, that I don't care about. Iris and Mark, what? You know, I just, the story wasn't given enough weight and I didn't, you know, like the character of Mark enough to really care about that relationship. So to buy his sad story of, oh, this is, I just lost Iris and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I, whatever. I'm sorry, but. I actually don't mind the Mark and Iris story just because I could see where maybe they'd have some common ground that they felt enough in common to have a relationship. That part doesn't bother me. Mark obviously bothers me. But the the thing is, yeah, as you were saying, Stephanie, like he wasn't doing it out of some sense of she should know the truth. He was doing it because he was mad about Iris. Right. Yeah. It was it was about him that he was right. doing it. It wasn't anything about her exactly, really. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I I just I kept calling Dyson and Mark dumbasses out loud as I'm watching the episode <laughs> because that damn red file folder. <laughs> if you're going to keep secrets, do a better job, you dumbasses. At least put it in a Manila file folder, like red file folder. That sp- spells important, people. Lock it in a Paper drawer. Clip everything least. together so the photos don't fall out. Or geez. I know, right? Yeah. Like who carries a file folder like that, Mark? <laughs> Be more conspicuous. <laughs> because, well, and, and this is a problem I had earlier in the season. Like Dyson just had all the pictures, crime up. scene photos yeah. on his. <laughs> on his board it was just out in the middle of nowhere where anybody could see yeah. it like who does that at least put it in your office with the closed door dumbass <laughs> i'm sorry this is one of these like why are the characters acting so stupid moments caused by the loss of sets because like back in season three we had <laughs> lauren lose her lab so she's doing surgery yeah. in her kitchen and All now right. in this yeah. season yeah. you know dyson doesn't have a police headquarters set anymore so he does everything out of his gym <laughs> Which is fine if he does it in the office, which has a door that closes. (laughs) Or in a drawer. I'm sure he's got a drawer. Or put it in the locker. Yeah. (laughs) Turn it around, at least. (laughs) Put it in the clean trash can that Lauren cleaned off for you in waves or something. Yeah. Though I did have the thought in this episode, particularly, like, Mark really is the dawn of this show. Because 
Okay, and I know no. some people like I'm Dawn. All the Dawn. Oh, <laughs> not <Buffy> the Dawning. <laughs> <laughs> I know that some people do like Dawn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm sorry, Dawn fans, but I was thinking specifically of if you've ever gone to a Buffy musical episode sing along, you know, <laughs> you do certain things like you do for Rocky Horror. Stephanie was explaining this to me. It was very funny. So the, you, yeah, you do certain things while you're watching the episode, like they do in Rocky Horror screenings. And I the haven't thing been to them, do, but I've heard about them, so I I laugh because I know what. You're going to say. Yes, because the thing that you do whenever Dawn says a line is you scream at the screen, shut up, Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason is, I hadn't really thought about it before I actually went through that experience. But in that particular episode, she spills like important information that causes problems at least twice in that episode. Pretty much whenever she opens her mouth. And... And Mark kind of was was being the Dawn in this episode. Sorry, Dawn. I do like Dawn in some seasons, but she she gets a lot of vitriol from the Buffy fan base generally. I don't mind Dawn. Because I will say, at least for to Mark's credit here, I feel like this is more of when Dawn tells Tara about the fact that she and Willow had been fighting, which makes uh, Taro... Taro? I just combined their names. Tara <laughs> realized that, you know, Willow had been doing magic on her, which was not cool. But but anyway. Tara Mark- was delicious, by the way. <laughs> Tara wow. is delicious. I'm sure Tara is delicious oh. as well. <laughs> but going back to Dyson, Dyson and Alicia, obviously. Dyson? <laughs> yes. Q. <laughs> <laughs> going back to Dyson and Alicia. Obviously, the most important scene was the fact that Dyson has claimed her. And that was a very interesting scene to me. And I was surprised they went there with these two. Yeah. I, I was mean, so surprised it didn't even occur really to me deal. that that's what was happening until it happened. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was a little worried when Trick is being his typical Trick. He's like, well, you know what you, you should erase her memory or there are alternatives. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, God, Trick, please don't say you know, Dyson has to kill her. That was where but, my mind went to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he's like, oh, there are other alternatives. And I'm like, oh, claim her. So when he claimed her, it made sense. But Dyson, y- you got to do a better job. As, as he he did, to his credit, he did acknowledge I'm not very good at this when he's explaining what claiming means. And I'm like, ah, uh, not the right thing to say. And she almost walks out on him. And I'm like, Dyson, you better fix this. So that was a nice scene where she seemed to accept what he was saying and at least you know wanted to stay with him when they clink glasses at the end i thought that ended up nice but yeah dyson needed to explain it a bit better but i i liked that dyson was essentially adopting bo's version of claiming Mm -hmm. which i think they all scoffed at at first right yeah (laughs) i will say for this episode i did like that there seemed to be an intentional revisiting of the human fae divide where we we see kind of Bo and Dyson communi- com- communicate god what is wrong with me commiserate about the difficulty the of having humans that they care about in their lives uh, in that first scene when yeah. they were on the stakeout and mm-hmm. we see you know that last scene with Bo and Lauren where Bo's trying to say I don't care if you're fae or human I just love you for who you are and then we have mm-hmm. Dyson having to deal with this relationship that he has with Alicia also in this episode yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, it's really interesting to see Dyson and the history of his character to claim a human. That's a huge deal for him, mm-hmm. for someone who wasn't, you know, who looked down on Lauren at the beginning and who was in love with Bo and gave up his love for her. And I really wonder, is he just claiming her to protect her or how deep do his feelings run for her romantically? And it's going to be complicated. What if, because Kevin Brown is still living in... Hera's Hera's taken over Kevin Brown's body, but what if Kevin Brown comes back? Or what if Hera comes back? And yeah, what are Dyson and Alicia going to do about that? But I guess they can still be drinking buddies, if nothing else. That's true. But she is packing him snacks, so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if they're more, then I I would be interested to see where that goes. I think uh, because it's such a huge... You know, again, shows such a huge growth in Dyson and a character shift. So I kind of like where it's going, and I, I'd be interested to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's always what I've liked about that relationship with Alicia is, yeah, it, it's progress for Dyson's character, I think. We had somebody who posted a comment on our website saying, like, okay, guys, we get it. You like Alicia, but she should just go home, and I'm kind of sick of her. We know where the storyline is going. 
But and it's fine if you don't care for Alicia to each their own. But I kind of feel, especially with this episode, I'm not sure where this relationship is going. And that's kind of exciting to me because I at first I thought, oh, they're setting up this romantic thing between Dyson and Alicia. But I don't know if they are. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to see where this how this plays out. Because we've seen consistently that she still loves and cares about her husband. Right. Yeah. And yeah, this claiming business, I don't know that any of us saw coming. So. But at least now she's protected within the world of the Fae, and Dyson is willing to give her that protection. But I tell you what, to people who don't like Alicia, I'd much rather have her than Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm with you. Yeah. And I feel bad. It's really nothing against Luke Billick. It's just the the character of Mark is not working for me. I want to make that really clear. Like, I like Luke Billick. Fine. You know, he seems like like a nice guy. He does. And Kenzie's right. You're very cute. But You are adorable. But Mark, the problem is Mark. Yeah, the character just isn't isn't working for me. I don't get it. Mm -mm. I was pleased to see, though, to see we got a little bit of Vex and Mark in this episode where Vex is like, how's Mark doing? Lauren's like, oh, you just missed him. He's he's gone home. And Vex was kind of like, oh, but I want more Vex and Mark. That's where I really like Mark is how he fleshes out Vex as a character. Mm -hmm. So to conclude with some stray thoughts, for some reason... I don't know why. It, I don't think this line was aiming for a big laugh or anything, but I really liked when Bo and Dyson were sitting in the car and they were talking about Jack. And Dyson says, well, well he's contained. And Bo replies, so was Hannibal Lecter. Didn't last. I laughed really hard at that <laughs> line. <laughs> yeah. And then I also, the other line that I wanted to bring up, I should have brought it up earlier, but Bo has that line to Persephone about, but I seem to recall that we perfected the box step. I know. And that's where I was like, uh, and I wasn't ew. sure if I like that line because it's kind of clever or if it kind of squicked me out. I think it's both. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> and then again, Bo just seems to have a bit of an intimate moment with her where she puts her hands on her forearms. And I'm like, no, no, no Bo, just think, Lauren, Docubus sex. Just, no, no. It was a friend- your- she was being friendly. It's your stepmother. <laughs> but she was all grossed out with her earlier. And when they had sex and it's just no i think it's weird that you find putting one's hands on somebody else's forearms is is intimate well to me it looked intimate and that just with the box step line and the i don't know i I don't care but i do think bo's just being i mean it's it's bo bo's very (sighs) touchy-feely she is i know it's just that's just my it was my perception of the scene i yeah because annie perceives everything as being overtly sexual yes (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it's not, any, Not necessarily. And finally, I had to ask y'all if this felt a little weird to you, too. But I thought it was strange that they introduced the idea of this, of Heathcliff, of Heathcliff, of Heathcliff, I can say his name, being Hale's grandfather mid-scene. I was like, wouldn't Kenzie have been like, hey, this is Hale's grandfather to begin with? Yeah, a little bit, but. Not like, Bo, meet weird. this random dude. By the way, Yeah. <laughs> He's from my Castillo. <laughs> I, I I liked actually the rapport between Heathcliff and Kenzie, where he was like, "That's her word of the week." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that a lot too. Well, it's not hard to be charmed by Kenzie. So, so what did y'all think about them bringing Hale's relative into the picture? It seemed random, but I liked it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was a way to bring Kenzie back. It was kind of nice to get a reminder of Hale, but I I wish we had maybe, I wish he'd been present even more, I guess, in the episode. If we can't have him, I wish maybe the storyline had revolved a little more around Hale's background or something like that. But it did Mm -hmm. make me go, oh, Hale. Maybe Kenzie will just like adopt him. Heathcliff, I mean. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, My random thought for people who wanted to know what the song was in the laser scene, it's called Wasabi. Not Wasabi, Wasabi. W-A-Z-A-B-I. Okay. Like Wasabi, but with a Z instead of an S. Yeah. The Columbo remix, that's K-O-L-O-M-B-O. Uh, and it's by Sold Out. But it's on iTunes, and I, like I said, I downloaded it before the episode even aired. Thank you. I like it. And we got a voice message from our friend Kevin Batchelder over at Tuning In to Sci-Fi TV. Hello, ladies. It's Kevin Batchelder. Wanted to give you some feedback on this particular episode. Uh, what I figured I'd do is take, you know, and go logically through the story bits and talk about the ramifications of some of the storylines. Ah, come on. Who am I kidding? Kenzie's back. Woohoo! 
Four minutes and seven seconds in, for those of you like me, keeping score at home. <laughs> Obviously, totally awesome to have her back. Love the Bo and Kenzie scenes. God, it reminds me of how cool that was and how much we miss it. But also lots of other great story bits. You mentioned in your First Impressions podcast that, yeah, maybe it was a bit too much. And I can see that, but in a good kind of way. I mean, there was lots going on. This thing was over in the blink of an eye, I thought, with some really good stuff. Uh, great to see Lauren talk about what uh, she's discovered and the ramifications of it and her helping out. Uh, great stuff with uh, the undercover work with Bo and Kenzie, complete with Bo doing the whole entrapment thing to go through the lasers. Pretty cool, pretty sexy. Uh, and lots of other good story bits. Nice wrinkle with Hades at the end, you know, nice curveball. Uh, that's getting even more interesting. And I really appreciated the Dyson and Alicia stuff. Uh, that's really getting very touching, I got to say, for me. That's working very much. So that and lots of other great things in here really made it an awesome episode. Obviously a little disappointed when Bo's telling Kenzie she's got to leave near the end, so maybe she won't be around as much. But not going to look at that because there was just too much good stuff in here to enjoy. So I'm looking forward to hearing your full podcast. Always enjoy it. I hope you all take care. Thank you for your voicemail, Kevin. I know that it, we, it got a big laugh out of us. Annie, you mentioned that you started cackling. I did. <laughs> I'm like, oh, of course, Kevin. We could just hear a squeal of glee from, I could, from across the country because Kenzie is back. And that's so happy that he is expressing that. Of course you're happy. We're all happy. I should have known back. that he was so keen to leave voice message because Kenzie was back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that didn't immediately occur to me. You'd think I'd know by now. I feel kind of badly. We were kind of, we were pretty negative in this episode, picking at the, the writing choices, but it was like a fun episode. I will say that there was a lot of fun stuff in this episode. It was. So let's try to end on yeah. a positive note, I guess, that there was a lot of fun stuff in here. Mm -hmm. There was. I did, as I mentioned before, I, I did enjoy watching it. It's one of those things like, if you don't think too much about all the stuff that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. There's there's people dodging laser, lasers and Kenzie cracking jokes, and there's good stuff in there. There's a great docubus hug. There is. <laughs> and they're both in black. They look so svelte. And they just look both really hot. The, can, can we talk about the lighting in the clubhouse? Because the lighting in the clubhouse always makes everybody look great. I know. They did look really oh, good. yeah. I really liked Vex's costume in that last, that last scene. Yeah, he had good wardrobe. I liked it, too. Yeah, he had good wardrobe. Yeah. But thank you so much for your voice message, Kevin. We always really appreciate getting those. We would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. You can go and leave a comment on the show notes over at drinksatthedoll.com slash 112. You can also send us an email to feedback at drinksatthedoll.com. We love getting voice messages. You can send those by using your voice memo app on your smartphone and emailing that to us. Or you can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks at the Doll. My name is Stephanie. I almost forgot to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're missing something. Mm -hmm. Yay, Kenzie's back. Boo, she left. Boo, no document shower sex yet. <laughs> I will continue to be grumbly until document sex happens. Everybody knows that. My name is Annie. Castillo. My name is Chris. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Sorry, we didn't. Let me try that again. <laughs> Have you been drinking a laser pee? Uh, no, I, I've drunk some vodka and soda, though, so that might be why. Dang, and I was naive enough to think it was water. <laughs> <laughs> you should know better than that. You should. That's true. You really should.